I'm Steph and I'm absolutely obsessed with pole dancing. In 2019, I hung up my corporate stilettos for a pair of pleasers and my very own pole studio. I'm now on a journey to have open and thought-provoking conversations uncovering all things pole dancing. Welcome back to Uncovered. I'm back after two weeks off the podcast. How did we go? Did we survive with no new episodes? I kind of missed it a little bit, but it was really, really nice to unwind and not have the, the pressure or the stress of having to release an episode while I was overseas for the first time since COVID. Um, so yeah, my husband, Ross, who you guys would have met a few episodes back, um, and I went to Singapore for our first ever Formula One Grand Prix. It was amazing to be overseas and excited to be back in normal people life, except I unfortunately got COVID upon my return. So I'm still recovering from that. Hopefully I'm not too nasally and this episode will still be a breeze to listen to, right? Um, so, but why I've had COVID and I've been a little bit couch ridden, I've updated or created a website for Uncovered. So if you haven't seen that on our stories, please go check it out. It has our latest episodes. It has ways you can get in contact with us. Um, there's areas that you can submit a question, apply to be a guest. If there's anybody keen to come join me for an episode, recommend topics, recommend a guest, whatever you like. Also a donation tab if you want to support our podcast and help us continue to create really great episodes for you all about pole dancing so check that out um the link is in our bio on instagram so please go have a look i'll also pop it in the show notes so today the long-awaited episode today i'm uncovering the results to the instructor pay survey i did a little while ago so this came up off the back of the episode i actually did with ross my husband the uh, student experience episode and through some of the, through the tell us section, of course, um, quite a few people talked about instructors pay and they're like, this is something they really want to see studios doing better and paying people, which was a little bit eye opening, I would say for me, definitely, even as the owner of a studio, um, kind of had heard these things, but not in the extent I was hearing them. So made the decision to actually do a proper survey. Um, and put this out. I put it out in a few groups on Facebook as well as shared it on our stories. So it was great. So thank you to all who completed the survey. We've got some really, really cool data to share. Cool, I don't know if that's the right word, but we have some data to share and um, I'm really happy that I'm able to give this important topic um, a space and to be able to share it with you. So I'm going to do my best throughout this episode to only talk about the results. I am very aware that I am a studio owner. Um, so I do understand, you know, some of the really challenging parts of this from being a studio owner and managing that income um, slash expenses. But I've also been an instructor and I was an instructor for four four years before I, yeah, four and a half years before I bought the studio. So I also know what it's like to be an instructor in the space. So I can definitely feel 
and relate to some of the information um, and comments that came through the survey. However, this is not the episode where we're going to make comments on it. Um, we're going to really dive into it. This is the episode purely sharing the results. So I am, I've already got somebody lined up to potentially be the guest to help us answer some questions um, from this. So I've already got some questions that have come through the survey, but after you've listened to this, if you have any questions that you would like to ask a HR expert on this topic, please send them through. I would definitely be putting um, stories up this week so you can add something to the story. Otherwise, send us a DM. I promise to keep everything anonymous. Um, because I know how touchy this topic can be and I know how challenging talking about pay can be whether it is in the pole world or in the corporate world for some people this can be really really hard so anything you send through to me will remain anonymous and um, especially when I'm chatting with somebody else in the industry about it it will all come from an anonymous place so please keep that in mind the results let's talk through them i'm literally going to just step through each of the questions i'm going to share the key findings from them and any interesting factors or interesting comments um, or the highlights that i found when looking at this especially when looking at like the pay in correlation to staff benefits those types of things so we're just going to step through and we're going to discuss it as the i think it was like 68 percent of respondents were Australian. I am going to talk all in Australian dollars. Um, so what we have done when we got the results of what you've given us and you told us where you are from and gave us your currency, we converted all of this to Australian dollars. Um, and then we've used that as the base. So as a little bit of a guide, I'm going to give you a guide of as at today when recording this, which is the day before I release it anyway, because I'm the best under pressure. Um, as of the 10th of October, when you convert five Australian dollars to these currencies, this is what they are. The reason I picked five is it's probably the easiest point to go, okay, five times X will get you around the amount you need to compare it to the Australian dollars. So five Australian dollars is equal to $3.15 USD. Um, 325 euro, 285 British pounds, and 433 Canadian dollars. Just so you've got a bit of a guide. So I'll run through that again because I know I can talk a little bit faster at times. So five Australian dollars is equal to $3.15 USD, 325 euro, 286 pounds, 433 Canadian dollars. All right, so there's your guide. That's what we're working off. So whatever your number is for your country, um, just look in your head. If I haven't given you a quick conversion guide here, obviously any amounts I give you, you can chuck into our converter on Google and have a look. So the first question that we asked on the survey is probably the one you all want to know about. Please continue to listen. It does get interesting, I swear. Um, is what is the hourly rate you were paid for? teaching a standard class. So the average of all of our respondents for teaching a standard class in their studio is Australian dollars, remember? It is $34.52. So that is the average of everybody. So from the very, very lowest to the very, very highest, that is the average, which is $34.52 per an hour for a standard class. 
so I'm sure some of you guys know it can sometimes be a little bit all over the place um, you know some people are paid per class rate uh, per student rate sorry which I found interesting um, so it depends on how many people attend their classes so obviously that's the initiative to to get people there so we work that off of a basis of like four or five people. Um, sorry, I did this diary a little while ago, so I can't remember exactly the number of people, but we worked out an average of what might be an average attendance in classes. Um, and we were really conservative with that, so we didn't skew the numbers too much. Um, so of that, the lowest um, rate we were given was $0. So somebody who was not paid for their classes. Um, and the highest rate, I believe, was $83 Australian. It wasn't an Australian person who gave that. So when it was converted, it was equal to $83 Australian. So that was sort of the range we're working between zero and $83. Uh, so it's a lot. Um, so when we break that down, I found that 54% of people are being paid between $25 per hour and $35 per hour. So there's your bulk, like that's where the bulk of people are. So that's 54%, 35% are 35 plus. So we've got quite a few in that higher range and only 11% were under $25 per an hour. A lot of what I've seen when I skim through and even if I just like scroll my data right now, is I definitely see amount, uh, most amounts between like with threes or fours in front of them. So, you know, that $30, $40 an hour um, is generally what you'll see um, the data. Um, and this is obviously when it's been converted to Australian dollars, an average of $34.52. So I'm interested to know what people think because for some people that is above um, and for some people that's a low, for some people that is on par with what they're being paid. And I think some of the conversations I've had, you know, that $35 mark seems to be pretty standard um, or pretty average, I would say. So like when I look at, it's not to say what you're getting paid is not right, if it's below or if it's higher. Um, I know a lot of people in Australia can pay, like if they use an award, it's generally the fitness award wage. And I do know that that amount is over the award wage. So is this me adding too much commentary? Um, maybe, I just thought I'd add that in. For the fitness standard um, and the fitness award wage in Australia, I know that is above. However, um, it depends on how your studio pays. That's the average I'm talking about of $34.52. Okay, so what I found interesting is that a couple of people, I think I had two respondents who were given classes instead of for teaching. Um, one of those respondents from memory said that they obviously taught more than they attended, so they had to work something out with their studio owner. Um, and there were three who were paid depending on the number of people in their classes. When we break this down to this, the countries, and what their averages were, the Australian average was $35.02 per hour. The highest of that was $60. So that's the highest end of the um, people who responded to our survey. And the lowest end is $20 per hour. The US, I found rather interesting. Their average pay rate is $41.93. Remember, this is Australian dollars per hour. So that was 
interesting that they set higher for me for some reason. Um, I think just because Australian, when I think about Australia, we're generally known to have fairly good minimum wage um, in comparison. However, with the US, I had two outliers. Um, one was $83 an hour, US, uh, sorry, not US, Australian, and the other one was $68. So though with those two in there, that obviously has bumped that average higher. I thought they looked a little bit out there, um, those amounts for instructors in comparison to the others who submitted a US amount. UK on average is $30.29 per hour, Australian dollars, New Zealand $27.80 Australian dollars, Canada $31 Australian dollars, and Europe $35.33 Australian dollars. So yeah, there's a bit of a range there in averages of countries based on the responses that we got. Um, with Europe, I took anybody who used a euro, regardless of where they were located, to give you those results. So that is sort of the hourly rate question one summed up. There weren't too many comments that were made in that, um, other than, you know, some were paid in lower classes and they were given classes for teaching. But yeah, 34.52 is the overall average Australian dollars. So if you are from a different country, feel free to go and do that conversion to figure out how it fits for you and in, com in comparison to your wage. We, the next question we did ask was, does this differ depending on the style of class you're teaching, e.g. tricks versus choreo dance? So in that, we got 25% of people who said, uh, sorry, 21% of respondents said yes, 74% said no, and then the rest were others. So in the others, they talked about if they have a specialty class, choreo classes um, were ones that definitely came up because it's got more prep involved. So they were the kind of comments that we received in the others. Moving on to question three, what is your hourly rate you were paid for teaching a private lesson? Specifying your currency. I made the decision not to dive into this one because the variants were huge. Um, there are a lot of differences in this setup and, you know, if it's a group, if it's, if it's individuals. So I made the decision not to. What I can say on this is that it definitely varies a lot between countries, between cities. I think this one really comes down to the person and their experience and what they can what they can provide in a private lesson and just depending on the studio setup. So that one I am not adding too many comments or giving a definite average result because it would just be too varied to show some people aren't paid much more than their standard class to teach a private lesson is um, probably a comment I would like to make on there which was an interesting find. Question four is does your studio offer professional development opportunities? We have 46% yes, 47% no and 6% of the remainder other when you round that up. A few comments in here as I was going through is obviously independent instructors don't generally get those additional benefits. Some are part of the franchise that they have training that's online and they don't feel like it's as good. They're supported to pursue um, training or use the space as needed, but nothing actually specifically for them. They're reimbursed um, for education, but additional education is not 
required. My interpretation of that is they're reimbursed to me potentially for their instructor training. However, anything else you're not reimbursed for because it's additional extras that you want. They have agreed to pay for fairly inexpensive online classes and the other one only teachers from home. So nothing stand out really in those comments there. When um, I looked, I decided to go to look to see if there was any correlation between pay and start and professional development. There's nothing really to add there. Um, nothing, there was no consistency or trends when looking at the data. So there's nothing to say that if they provide professional development, they're gonna pay you less um, because they're giving you this additional benefit or vice versa. Moving on, question five, does your studio have a staff benefits scheme? 37%, oh sorry, if I ran this up, 38%, yes. 50% no. And then the rest are others. These responses um, were interesting. Overall, the biggest thing is like, if we were to sum it up, mentions include free training, reduced memberships, swapping teaching one class to attend a class. So instead of getting paid, they get a class. Discounts, entry fees for comp substituted, clothing, i.e. a jacket. There was one comment that I found interesting as a staff benefit or one that I would like to, to call out. And just so they were offered to stay back and train some nights, summers in capitals here, but they also had to vacuum and clean. So a part of being able to stay back meant you had to clean the studio. So you're cleaning the studio to be able to stay back and use use the studio for training. Yeah, no, nothing else really um, to call out in that space, but I just thought that was interesting. And again, no real correlation between pay and staff benefit. So there's nothing to say there's any consistency here in whether or not you're, if you are potentially getting paid less, you are getting these benefits or vice versa. So nothing, nothing to add there. Question six is, are you paid separately for class time? We literally have one lone soldier, one person. Doesn't even make up, oh, if we round it up, it's 1% of respondents who get paid for their class prep time. The rest are no's. So it is safe to say that it's very consistent across the board to not be paid for class prep time. In the comments or in the others, the responses were they may be paid as a one-off to create the career that's going to be taught in their class for the term. They might get paid additional to teach choreo because it takes extra time. However, yeah, the bulk and the consistent nature here is that class time is not included in an hourly rate or you're not paid separate. Well, might be included, I, I can't make that assumption, in your hourly rate consideration. However, the bulk of, of generally all people from this, you could say, are not paid separately for their class prep. So if you're, in a, you're a student and you're listening, you're getting a really great insight into instructor set um, and behind the scenes. So question seven, moving on, is do you feel valued by your studio owners? This is really good to see that 68% always or usually feel valued by their studio owners. I tried to break it down and see if there is any correlation between pay rates and how well they feel valued. When it comes to the usually or always, generally $30 and over. If you are paid $30 and over, 
per hour, remembering this is Australian dollars, you are don't, like you generally sit in that always or usually. Only one percent make or eleven percent make up the rest of like the lower the other options, which are sometimes rarely or never. That's a pretty good call out, I think, to say is if you are paid above thirty dollars per hour for your classes as a standard rate, generally you feel valued by your studio owners. What is your employment status as a pole instructor? Question number eight. So we have 2.5% full-time, 12% part-time, and then 42% equally, exactly the same, um, respondents, casual or contractor. Obviously, and I think most of us knew this, that you, um, the bulk of people who work in the industry as instructors are casuals or contractors. I have had a really strong call out to explain what contractor, the difference is between a contractor and an employee. That won't be covered in this episode. That will be covered in the episode with the HR expert as this is not my space to make comments on um, or not my area of expertise. Of course, I understand the basics of this. However, I don't want to dive into this without the support of somebody who has really spent that solid amount of time studying and understanding this area which led us on to question nine is do you understand the difference between an employee and a contractor 80 percent, yes i understand 10 percent, i think i understand four percent i kind of understand it's complicated and six percent i have no idea so i think the reason people really want this broken down is from what i understand is there are different levels of commitment from the studio owner um, or, or requirements as well um, but yeah stay tuned for that I will we will dive into that in a little bit more details in the future episode where the Q&A comes into place how many years have you been a pole dancing instructor okay so breaking this down we have 18% less than one year 36% one to three 15 four to five Six percent, six plus um, is if we round that up, thirty-one. So what I find interesting is that twenty percent of the six plus years make up less than twenty-five dollars per hour pay bracket. They're the biggest cohort in this pay bracket range. They're the most experienced, but twenty percent of them, twenty percent of that, thirty-one percent, sit in the less than 25% pay break. I found that very interesting. Would you like to add any other feedback? I'm not gonna read you everything, guys, because I have 65 answers here. However, I am going, I did highlight a few that I just thought was important to share with you listening. So here are a couple of what they call in the data world or the survey world verbatims. Do I say that right? I hope so. I should know these things. This is what my husband does for a living. He literally goes through data. So a special shout out to Ross for helping me create the survey and also helping me um, break it down and understand it in the best way possible and what, cor- what, what things to bring together to look at. It's been a while since I've sat down and break data down like this since being in the corporate world. So it was good to have somebody by my side to actually help me read it and make sure I'm getting the best stuff out of it for you. So you guys can really understand it if this is of interest to you. I am also going to this week, instead of doing little video reels, I'm going to take some of the data and make them into little reels. So you can look at it 
written or in a graph if that is more if that is better for you from a visual perspective these i'm just going to read them straight off the would you like to add any other feedback i'll do my best not to make comments on these i will just try to read let them sit let you marinate them let you think about some of these things and how they impact you First one, employee benefits include free practice time, ability to take all other classes for free and discounts on retail. I've also been offered a spot in a workshop from, from a visiting instructor. It ended up being canceled, but they do offer to help us continue our learning and our education. The next one, our studio has struggled hugely due to the pandemic. Pay rises were in the plans before lockdown, but survival of the studio had to come first. The pandemic also meant we haven't raised prices on our students again. Delaying any chance for a pay rise. OPD has always been a challenge as we're the only studio in the region and organizing availability for additional training is hard. I think the pandemic is definitely a huge one. I think some of the pain points actually came out of the pandemic. Sorry, I know I'm adding my two cents here. But that's where we've seen a lot of people volunteer time to studios because they wanted to help them out um, or, you know, kind of being, I don't think, I'm going to use the word blackmailing for lack of a better word, but being told if they didn't help out that they potentially wouldn't have a job um, afterwards. So there was a lot of really poor behaviour that came out of the pandemic and I think a lot of people at the time thought they were doing the best they could however on reflection thought that maybe it wasn't it could have been it's questionable but it was a hard time it's unprecedented we didn't know how we didn't know what was going on or how to act so I think the pandemic is a huge one I think I don't think this is a one-off is what I'm trying to say this comment I don't think what this is a one-off for people and how they've been impacted the next one's um, answers was when I was teaching another studio. I now have my own. Well done. Congratulations. After I quit, I learned that other teachers got more money. We were all treated differently. And even if you had just one or two classes a week, you were not allowed to teach in other studios too. Seems to be the same across a lot of other studios. The comment around um, non-compete clauses came up on a few occasions so it's definitely going to be something that we discuss in more detail in the next episode around this topic because it seems to be a bit of a pain point and I can understand why on both ends so yeah I'd really love to dive into that that little bit deeper um next one not feedback per se but for me personally as an instructor I would feel more valued if I could work as an employee this person is a contractor this is because a con as a contractor, I basically have zero legal protections. While personally, this is not an issue, I see it as a problem more widely because the system has been built to legally and financially support employees. When people are forced to be contractors, the society can become more unequal as a result. Um, so this person is based in Finland. Um, just for context, because I do think the location may have a play a part, but if um, that might be relevant to some people. Next one, I'm aware of the huge differences in pay across the world, but you failed to consider the business model of each studio. In Denmark, you pay fairly low price for unlimited access to classes, thus not allowing higher pay to instructors. 
in brackets, which I hate, that I can't give my instructors a higher pay. In other countries, people pay higher price per class and then there's also more money to give to the instructors. We're trying to change this, but then we wouldn't be competing at the same level as other pole studios in the same area. The price per class slash studio business model is super important to consider when comparing instructor salary. 100% agree. And for a little bit of context, obviously being a studio owner and reading all this definitely got me thinking. And one of the first things I did was go in and compare my in the amount I spend on my instructors, whether that be wages, development, staff. Um, they're not even taking into account staff benefits because that's a little bit harder to calculate. And I compared that to how much we make as a studio. So I, do, I worked out a percentage and we'll talk about that more. But I think the reason I've read this one out to you is because it's really important to highlight in the pay differences. So depending where you sit on that scale, I think the next thing you need to do is look at, you know, where somebody in Australia might be getting paid $50 an hour. What studios are they teaching at? And how much are they paying? How much are their students paying? Because obviously income to wage ratio is a thing. And if the price to take a class there is lower, and we have a huge scale of price to attend a class. So if that is lower, then you're generally going to expect, generally, hypothetically, um, you know, in quotation, that they are going to be paid less as instructors. I think this is a really good one to consider as well um, when, when thinking about it. And I know there is another comment further down that also brings something up in a similar light. So we will definitely be having a bigger conversation about this in the next episode. I'm just getting you guys all riled up for the next episode, right? And we're going to talk about this one and this one and this one and this one. But these are some of the things I found really interesting and some of the, like, the ponders I've had as I've been going through this process and looking at, your, looking at the data and the answers and the feedback. How do I feel when I read this from both ends? Because when I read that you're not being paid for your classes, I also get angry um, and get frustrated at the process, at the system. But I think this is a really good comment to bring us all back into line. It's like, what is the business model? Really, really important to be discussed later on. This is the next one. I think the disparity conversations often fail to account for other benefits. For example, I know my rates are low, but I also don't have to pay for my own insurance. It's a very good point that others may not as a contractor in saying that it'd be great to have further transparency and appropriate pay rates and whether or not this does, can, should differ depending on qualification and experience. One thing we didn't ask in this is the qualification. Are you qualified to teach and what type of qualification do you have? So we, I cannot make comment on the differences there in terms of qualification. I can say that I could not see any correlation in benefits in comparison to pay rate or professional development in comparison to pay rate. So I can confirm that. Um, the next one is there are so much discrepancy between individual studios, e.g. I have been paid between $60 and $37.50 per hour for essentially teaching the same class at the same level of experience as a pole instructor. Benefits also vary from studio to studio. One studio I work for has a limit on how many nights per quarter you can request 
class covers for no more than two um, than two per three months. I found that really interesting. There is a general expectation that I structure are doing it for the love. And in my experience across a few different studios, it's just expected that you will have the same dedication and loyalty to your studio and go above and beyond in attending extra events, prepping classes, opening, closing, staying back. I would often get paid for three 45-minute classes but was at the studio from around 4 to 10 every night. I guess there were benefits like open access to the studio, free training, etc. But I was really doing it for the love. I feel like there's going to be many of you who just heard that comment and was like shaking your head and agreeing along with it. Um, and there's a lot that says, I'm doing this for the love, like the money doesn't matter because I have a full-time job elsewhere or this is my second job. And that comes with a variety of challenges as well. That is a common statement to be like, I don't do this for the money. I do this for the love of pulp. And I think that in itself can speak volumes. Um, next one, I think pole teachers are commonly very underpaid in Australia at least. None I know of are compensated for the immense time spent prepping. I understand that for studio owners, it might not be a lucrative enough business to do so though. Yes, well, we've definitely discovered that nobody is paid for class prep um, through this process. So yeah, the... You know, I guess the questions then are uh, how are studios supporting their instructors when it comes to their class prep? Like what resources are they giving them? Do resources exist in that? So this one, um, studio owner is aware that they're being paid below minimum wage and a technically employee engages in sham contracting to reduce the amount paid and avoid paying superannuation. One of the things I learned working in the bank and auditing businesses is superannuation is not your money, neither is GST uh, if you're com- or tax. You are just collecting it on behalf of the tax agent when it comes to tax. And superannuation is your employee's money, it's not your money. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, this one, I've been on the same rate, and I feel like a lot of people will resonate with this. I've been on the same rate for 13 years. Though it is $55 an hour for choreo classes, I do think I could probably negotiate a higher rate based on my experience, but I don't know if the industry can import, um, support a higher rate as standard or entry-level pay. I think that goes, go back to that question um, about business model. What is a business model? Next one, the other instructors in the studio have not trained or taken any classes over six years. Substituting classes or having students asking questions makes me nervous that they are teaching dangerously. One instructor refuses to do conditioning. They can do it in their own time, in quotations. Tricks are being taught without prerequisites mastered or even understood. So if you are the type who does continue to upskill, do you get paid higher or do you get additional benefits is probably a question to ponder on there. Just two more to go through or two more I really want to pull out. I am certainly not in it for the money. There is no way I can live off such a low rate. We only get paid for teaching hours but are asked to regularly volunteer our time for studio events, staff meetings. Sometimes it feels like I volunteer more hours than I get paid for. 
definitely know there's a lot that feel that for sure oh sorry i said two more but now it's two more it's frustrating knowing how much income a studio makes and what overheads are yet we can't get paid for training or set up pack down time or comp days when it's mandatory requirement to be there. I've stopped taking privates because I spend three to four hours prepping routines or tricks to only make $27. Love pole dance. Love for pole dancing doesn't pay the rent, unfortunately. We also just pay for our own class attendance with minimal discounts despite attending courses being written into our contract. So they're being told they have to attend classes and then pay for them as additional without with minimal discounts interesting i remember before i owned my studio being an instructor like looking or uh, being an instructor or student i can't remember but definitely obviously pre owning the studio and looking around the room and going wow they've just made this much money off these people now that i own a studio there is definitely a lot of overheads that i didn't realize existed just want to share that thought because i've had that thought before before i owned the studio i definitely looked and i thought that and i'm like these guys are making bank like why can't we get paid more i've had that thought 100 so i understand that uh, also now understand the other end whether it's a good or a bad thing and uh, last one where i instructed all the instructors work for free the payoff was time to train after class, but there was only one to two hours, including cleaning time. We're also paid for our classes and we, we also pay for all our classes and we clear privates with the owner. Interesting. Lots of things to think about. I think um, I, this has been a really interesting process. And I mean, this is just the data and the, the information and my commentary where I tried to refrain a lot from. However, I also am very aware that delivering just data to you from an audio perspective can be very, very boring. So if you're here with me right now, thank you for hanging around and listening. I think this is going to open a really, few really good conversations and I'm really excited, um, I think, to have them and share. So this week, I would love to know what your questions are now listening to this. Um, there are a lot of other verbatims that I could share. However, I did find that they start to get a little bit the same when you read them. So I really tried to pull out the ones that highlighted the consistencies or the themes I was seeing. And ones that might make you think if you are an instructor, depending where you sit on that scale. But to sum it up, overall, I'll go back again now that we're at the end. Just um, the averages that I found based on the people who completed this survey. So thank you again to those who did. So in Australia, remember these are all in Australian dollars. The average in Australia is $35.02. Um, the US is $41.93. Remembering we had those two really high amounts in the US of $83.68 Australian dollars. Um, the UK, $30.29. New Zealand 2780, Canada 31, and Europe 3533. Remembering again, those are all in Australian dollars. So that completes the presentation of our data. I hope you found that interesting. I hope that gave you some questions um, or some answers, depending where you sit on the scale, and some things to think about. This process has 
is being done to raise awareness. It is being done to uncover the topic because it feels like a lot of taboos when you're talking about it. But sometimes you don't know until you compare and sometimes people don't talk about money. All the things you do here is always about the people who are being paid more. So why aren't you being paid more rather than in comparison to who's being paid less? So if you want to know more about this data, please send us a DM on Instagram and email because now you can access us through our website. Um, and I want, I want to hear your questions because whatever questions come from this process and this episode are going to form our next episode with somebody who has experience with awards, has experience with wages and pay rates and hopefully not just in Australia. So I think this is going to be a really important discussion to have, but I need you guys to help me have the discussion. So I need you to ask questions from here and just know that anything that was said in this, any thoughts, uh, or just thoughts that I've had as a neutral person trying not to be a studio owner, um, but also trying to put on my instructor hat. So I, I tried to remain really neutral, but I think there's some really good questions to be posed here. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Uncovered. I know it's probably been a little bit drier than the other one, so I really appreciate your support here. Um, and again, I want to hear your questions, so please send them through. Cannot wait to, in a couple of weeks' time, uncover the rest of this topic. And I feel like we're only scratching the surface here. However, I'm really excited to go on this journey with you. Until next time.